Let's get some. Ready to get some. Like I said, Leif is always ready always to get some, ready. which is stand, a good thing. Stand by to get some. Stand by to get some. Yeah, I don't think people recognize what that actually means to us. Like we, we knew, we would say this all the time in combat or training scenarios, when you knew that, I mean, it was about to go down. Bullets were going to be flying around, explosions were going to be going off, and you'd hear someone very clearly over the radio, just in a real calm voice come up and be like, Anybody get some. <laughs> it's a true statement, right? You know you're going to get some. But when you can say it in that manner, you know, <laughs> when you should be like, stand by to get some. And people are like, stand by to get some. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money. And so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach. there at 4 a.m. He all ready to rock and roll. Got on the suit. Should have wore shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water. Watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he like, this guy crazy. I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area. The shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He making money, but he crazy. He said, come on out a little further. He came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This guy is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man didn't scratch it, holding him down. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. 
don't know how many of y'all got asthma here today, but if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath, SOB, shortness of breath, you wheezing. The only thing you trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you lost sleep more than you lost success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. You gotta be willing to work off for three hours of sleep, two hours. If you really wanna be successful, some days you gonna have to stay up three days in a row. Because if you go to sleep, you might miss the opportunity to be successful. That's how bad you gotta want. You gotta go days without, listen to me, you gotta wanna be successful so bad that you forget to eat. Beyonce said once she was on the set doing her thing, three days had gone by, she forgot she didn't eat. Cause she was engaged, I never forget. Uh, when 50 Cent was doing his movie, I did a little research on 50, and 50 said that when he wasn't doing the movie, he was doing the soundtrack. And they said, when do you sleep, 50? Sleep. He said, sleep. Sleep is for those people who are broke. I don't sleep. He said, I got an opportunity to make a dream become a reality. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain. You already hurt. Get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep until you succeed. Listen to me, I'm here to tell you today that you can come here, you can jump up, you can do flips, you can be excited when we give away money, but listen to me, you will never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do what you do. You won't be successful until you say, I don't need that money, because I got it in here. When I lived in a $7 a month place and I was growing up for a short period of time, I loved it. I didn't, know any, I, I didn't know any different. That was my norm. Once we moved out of that place, we moved to a $236 a month place, I was like, shit, I never want to go back to that little piece of shit. But if you go back to that $7 a month place and you realize this is where I live, this is all I got, your mind says, Roger that. This is home. So when I was going through Navy SEAL training for 18 months and going back through all the hard parts over and over again, I told myself after the first time, I knew it was gonna be a long journey there. My body was breaking down. It was, it was just how it was going on. I said, you know what, this is my new norm. You go to work, you put your suit and tie on, I go into suffering every day. Every day, suffering, being broken, duct taping my feet up, stretch fractures, shin splints, being broken. This is my new norm. And your mind says, if we're not broken, this ain't normal. So then your mind starts to get tougher. I gave myself no way out. There was nothing outside these walls of hell. Nothing. I love God. 
but for a short period of time, I became the devil. I became, I became the boss, the owner, the CEO of Navy SEAL training. That was my mindset. And that's how you get through things. You put yourself, you immerse yourself wherever it is, and you become that. You become that and give yourself no way out. You're willing to go beast mode, you can have whatever you want. I'm a living example. You can start from nothing. Your mama might come from privilege. Your daddy might come from privilege. Your daddy might own a company. You might come from privilege. You might have a father that can give you everything your little heart desires, but you will not outwork me. Notice when I said beast mode now, I'm not talking about the lion. When I talk about beast mode now, I'm talking about the ant that's very small, but that can probably live a hundred times his weight. You might not be a lion yet. You might be an ant. You might have small beginnings. You might not have a lot of money. You might not have a lot of resources, but there's no excuse. You said, E.T., I'm not that lion. You might be the ant, and the ant has very little, but he's determined, he's strong. He has a dream and a goal, and he'll do whatever it takes. And I need you to understand that the bigger your dream is, the earlier you're gonna have to get up. What do you do when a thousand other people want exactly what you want? What do you do when you're not the only one that wants to make a million dollars in your company? You're not the only one that wants to be the president. You're not the only one that wants to be the CEO. What if you're not the only one that wants what you want? What if there are thousands of other people who want what you want? You have to outwork them. You got to outgrind them. You got to get up earlier. You got to stay up later. You've got to execute and you've got to go from 70 to 120. Funny, we want people to make guarantees to us, but we're not willing to make guarantees to ourselves. Somebody gave you a guarantee, $30, 30-day guarantee. In 30 days, if, they, if you don't make what they told you was gonna make, in 30 days, you got an attitude, you want your money back. But you've never demanded your money back from yourself. You've never looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you let you down. Until you get to that point, you let you down. You've never, you're not brave enough. You want to put it on somebody else. The reason why I'm not successful is because of my boss. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I'm not getting up on time. I'm not going to work on time. I'm not putting in 120% when I'm at work. You always want to blame other people. You always want to, you want to hold other people to the fire, but you're not holding yourself to the fire. You just said you give giving 50%. You owe you an explanation. You owe you an explanation. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why are you only giving 50%? What's wrong with you? You need to put yourself on punishment. You need to tell you no more TV, no more snacks, no more desserts, no more, no, we working out now. You need to tell you that you owe you something. I realize if I keep going back and going back and going back, your mind will say, fuck, okay. We're gonna figure it out because he is not going to stop. Alarm clock goes off, we're going back. I can't read right, we're going back. I gave myself no way out and my mind realized that.
It's okay. We're going to adapt and overcome now. There's so many times in life you don't want to be doing what the fuck you're doing. You can't just fucking quit. Remember this. It's in the hobby. It's in the fucking junk. It's a fucking lifestyle. So when you say to yourself, support there's no fucking coach, there's no trainer to keep you going, it's only you. So think about this, you work your whole life to get a fucking seat at the table. The seat at the table is going to be the best amongst all the best people in your fucking career field. So you finally get that letter. It's steak, lobster, it's a big dinner. Everybody's showing up, dressed to the nines. Make sure you show up soaking wet for fucking getting after, working out hard. Towel on your neck. You respect the event. Make sure you put that towel or that nice chair so you don't fuck it up. The whole thing is this. Don't say a word. Stay uncommon amongst uncommon people. You're never done. Don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. Stay hard. Bitch, I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems I solve them. I run through the money. The pressure be calling. Slept on my blessings. I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Tell me I'm garbage, I'm going through something, that's why I ain't calling. Phone and progression, it's all that I wanted. The phone and affection, I summon and dub it. Cause bitch, I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems. I solve them, I run through the money, the pressure be calling. Left on my blessings, I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Tell me I'm garbage, I'm going through something, that's why I ain't calling. Machines make their decisions based on ones and zeros. Binary code. Yes or no. And that's actually a good system for you to implement for your own personal human machine. It's actually not that complicated. Are you going to work out today? Yes or no? Are you going to eat the donut? Yes or no? Are you going to win? Yes or no? Don't allow for any gray area in there. Get rid of the debate. Make the binary code decision, yes or no. You know the right decision to make. So go and make it. It's about doing the right thing when no one's looking. No one's looking, you're home alone. Do more! It is the process of the grind that shapes you and forms you. It's not the game. And that's why most of y'all get beat in the game or make mistakes in the game because you think grinding is what happens when the sun comes out. You think grinding is what happens when the lights come on. You think grinding is what happens when people get in the stage. That's not grind. The real grind is in the dark when nobody sees you. When nobody knows what you're doing. When you studying without coach. When you putting in those extra reps. When you watching those videos and you getting inspired. When you change your music. It's the process that makes you sweet. Just start. Start small. Get that squared away. And then move on to the next day and the next and move your life to a better place. One little step. One little victory at a time. There's so many times in life you don't want to be doing what the fuck you're doing. You can't just fucking quit. Remember this. It's in the hobby. It's in the fucking junk. It's a fucking lifestyle. Stay uncommon amongst uncommon people. You're never done. Don't stop when you're tired. 
Stop when you're done. Stay hard. You will sell yourself tremendously short in life if you go through life afraid of the work, okay? We can't do great things and become great things if we are terrified of the work. True champions in life, they embrace the work. They embrace the process. They like the sweat. They like the blood. They like the tears. Good shit takes work. That's just the way it is. And the hardest things in life are also usually the most rewarding. I kind of look at every, every speaking opportunity kind of like an assignment. You know, because this is something that I didn't plan to do, as a matter of fact, had no interest in it. But about 10 years ago, I was in a position in my life to where I was a projected first round draft pick. Had been playing a game of football since I was seven years old, and I was watching film one day in the University of Tennessee's football complex. And as I'm watching film on the California Bears, my defensive backs coach, a guy by the name of Larry Slade, he comes into the room and he says, Inky, I got some great news for you. I said, what is it? He said, man, can you believe your projected first round draft pick? Automatic multimillionaire. I got your paperwork back. I got your grade back from the NFL. The only thing you have to do is play football. I drop the clicker, I get up, I run out of the room, I get my phone out, I call my mother and my grandmother, I get them on a three-way, and I said, listen, I said, after this season, we will never struggle again. I said, we will never miss another meal again because I grew up inner city Atlanta in a two-bedroom home. There was 14 of us living there, and I used to sleep on the floor with roaches and rats, and I didn't sleep in a bed by myself until I went on my official visit to the University of Tennessee, and guys didn't understand why I didn't want to go out. And so you have a host when you go to college visits, and my host came up and he said, Inky, we're gonna have a big time. And I said, what is it? He said, man, we're gonna go to a sorority party and we're gonna go to a basketball game. I said, man, if you don't mind, can you please take me to the Marriott? He said, yeah, I'll take you, you wanna go get changed? I said, yeah, can you take me to the Marriott? We pull up to the Marriott, I'm getting out of the car, and he says to me, he said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. He said, are you sick? I said, no, I'm not sick. He said, you wanna stay in the Marriott? He said, man, listen, I don't know if you've ever been to a college sorority party, but I think you need to go, it gets pretty wild. I said, no, I have no interest. I said, see, what you don't understand, this is my first time sleeping in a bed by myself, and it's a king size at that. So I don't care about a sorority party. But anyway, I start my junior season, I'm a highly touted NFL recruit, and I go out my first game, have a great game, interception, big hit, everything is off to a great start. We get in the second game, we're playing against Air Force, gets late in the game, about two minutes left in the game, and anybody that's ever watched a game of football, you know, when you get two minutes left in the game, the game is practically over, unless you're playing against Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, right? And so the quarterback drops back, releases the ball down my sideline, a guy catches it, I go to hit him, and as soon as I hit him, it seemed as if every breath in my body left. My body went completely limp, stiffed up, I fall to the ground, as soon as I hit the ground, I blacked out, never happened to me before. My eyes open, my teammates run over to me, they said, Ink, get up, let's rock, let's go, man. I said, I can't. They said, what do you mean you can't? You always get up, get up, we need you. The shock eventually left, it stayed in my right arm and hand, and the doctor came out and they put me on the spine board, and as they were wheeling me off the field, we get to the ambulance, and my father is standing beside the ambulance, and I'm the type of person, I believe there's some good in every situation that we face. I believe if you train your mind to see the good in the situations that you don't like, that brings you discomfort, that brings you a certain level of opposition, I believe if you train your mind to see the good in it, it's easy to extract it. 
And so I say to my father as I'm lying on the spine board, I said, Pops, I got him, right? And he looked back at me. He said, yeah, you laid a nice lick on him, but I think you got the worst part of this one. And the next morning when I woke up, my perspective had completely changed. I didn't think about if I was going to play Alabama the third Saturday in October. I didn't think about if I was going to play Florida the next week. Instead, with the situation, it was a heavy level of conviction attached to it. Even though people were coming in to check and see how I was doing, I was thinking about my legacy and I was thinking about my life in a manner of such. When people speak about you one day, well, the only thing they say about you is, man, that guy was an amazing athlete. But I thought about my life and I said, is this the only thing that people would talk about you? Football? Like, well, the only thing they say is, man, that guy, I remember he was 165 pounds. He bench pressed 325 pounds. I remember when he ran a 4.38 in a 40-yard dash. Or will my life have something of substance and value attached to it? Will I just be this efficient but not effective individual? I did things right, but I never did the right thing. Like, will my life have something of substance and value that when people can see me and they can point to me, it makes them want to raise the standard and excellence in everything that they do and everything they're connected to and everything that they're part of? Or will people just say, man, this guy was a great jock. He was a great athlete. And when I got out of that hospital, I thought I was driven when I played sports. I thought I was dedicated and committed when I played sports. But there's a quote that says, when do a person start to really live? When a person has faced death and I came in contact with death, but I beat it and I conquered it and I survived. And I felt as if somebody pulled the shades up on my life and they said, now you see life for what it's really worth. My perspective had totally changed. And I went to rehab for my arm for two years, seven days a week, straight. I had to learn how to walk again. I went from bench pressing 325 pounds, jumping a 40 inch vertical, to now my roommates had to help me take a bath because there were certain incisions that I couldn't get wet. And so one of my last visits, I got up off the table. I'm a pretty positive guy, speak life. You know, I believe in looking at situations with the right perspective. And I jumped up off the table and I said to the doctor, I said, man, are you seeing anything? Can you give me any good news? And he said to me as he dropped his head, he said, Inca, you probably will never be able to use that arm or hand again for the rest of your life. And I responded to him and I said, physically. And when the doctor looked at me and I said, physically, I said, I can't do some of the things that I want. I can't throw my kid up like I wanted to in the pool, like some of the things I can't do. I said, but I could use this arm every day for the rest of my life by the way that I live my life because I would never let a circumstance or a situation define my life. Adversity is adversity. And the reason I love adversity is because you don't judge a person's character by where they stand when everything is all good. Everybody can stand up and do good when everything is all good. Everybody can smile when it's, when it's sunshine. Everybody can do right when everything is going right. Everybody can do that. But everybody can't face opposition, adversity, and challenges and say, I've been waiting on you to come. I'm going to embrace you, and I'm going to figure out a way to use you because you will never turn me into a different person. You will never make me a person that people don't recognize before the adversity. You ever seen a person that faced something and you don't even recognize it? I do not believe that any of us have dreams that were not given to us for the purpose of accomplishing those particular dreams. I don't know what that dream is that you have. I don't care how far-fetched it might appear to be. I don't care how disappointing it might have been as you've been working toward that dream. But here's what I know, that that dream that you're holding in your mind, that it's possible. And here's what I will share with you. 
that in the process of working on your dreams, you are going to incur, incur a lot of disappointment, a lot of failure, a lot of pain, a lot of setbacks, a lot of defeats. But in the process of doing that, you will discover some things about yourself that you don't know right now. What you will realize is that you have greatness within you. What you'll realize is that you're more powerful than you can ever begin to imagine. What you will realize is that you are greater than your circumstances, that you don't have to go through life being a victim. I fought a good fight, baby. I fought one hell of a fight. Are there any fighters in here? Slap somebody and tell them I fought a good fight. I fought my way up. I fought to get to work. I fought to get up on my feet. I fought to stand. I fought to carry on. I fought to love. I fought to live. I fought to get out the bed. I fought with my fears, my doubts, my anxieties, my insecurities. I fought with haters, liars, backbiters and betrayers. I even had to fight with family. And many times I laid in the bed. I couldn't go to sleep because I was fighting with myself. I fought. I mean, I fought such a good fight that when I look at what other people call a fight, what they call a fight is what I call normal. My whole perception of what a fight is has been revolutionized. That's not a fight. I fought a good fight. Good fight. I kept, I kept the faith. I kept it. I lost a lot of stuff. I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of strength. I lost a lot of courage. I lost a lot of time. I lost a lot of money, but I kept down on my knees. I was still believing. Broke, I was believing. Lonely, I was believing. Betrayed, I was. Just three people tell me, keep the faith, keep the faith. If you lose a job, keep the faith. If you lose a spouse, keep the faith. If you bury your child, keep the faith. If you have to downsize, keep the faith. If you have to move in with your mama, keep the faith. If you have to wits in, keep the faith. If you have to catch the bus, keep the faith. If you have to thumb, keep the faith. If you get sick, keep the faith. If you lose your kidneys, keep the faith. If you got heart trouble, keep the faith. You might not get a new heart, but you gotta keep your faith. Every day we have a chance to impact somebody's life. Right? And I firmly believe with the things we're part of and the things we do, we all have to have a purpose that's a lot greater than ourselves. So when we hit things that we don't understand and that brings us a certain level of discomfort and that hurts us and we just can't pull the grips on it, when we have to encounter things like that, we have to step back and we have to figure out how can I use it? And a lot of times as people, like naturally people are selfish, right? And what I mean by that is they approach situations and they say, what can I extract from this situation and how can it benefit me? But the moment an individual shifts their perspective and shift their mentality and shift their attitude from me to we, that is the moment an individual becomes literally dangerous. Because now an individual is attached to purpose and mission. And when you have an individual that's attached to purpose and mission, it's not too many things that's going to stop them. You see, my football career ended, but my reason for why I lived my life, it never did. I just had a paralyzed white woman hand. My mentality wasn't paralyzed. 
My spirit wasn't parallel. My drive wasn't parallel. My dedication wasn't, my commitment wasn't, I was the same man. I just had an extra boost of energy for why I lived my life. I wear this as a badge of honor. Every single day, the adversity, the opposition that life sent to break me, I wear it as a badge of honor because I understand every day of my life, I represent something. Faith, to believe that what you imagine is possible. How would we start to strengthen our belief in that what we imagine is possible to turn it into reality? And there's two or three ways. One is to believe your own testimony. If you've done it before, why couldn't you do it again? If you've done it once, couldn't you do it the second time? Why not believe in your own testimonial? If I did it before, I can do it again. I was rich by age 31 and broke by age 33. But now my question was, could I do it again? And the answer was, yes, of course. You know, I lost the money, but I didn't lose the skills. And that's what's important about personal development. You can lose the money, but not the skills. So who cares about the money? So we start with imagination, which is almost real. I mean, it's, it's not real yet. It's not tangible yet, but it's almost real. Now we move to faith to believe that what we imagine is possible. So we study our own testimony. If we've done it before, we can do it again. Here's what else we study. Other testimonials of somebody who did it. Somebody that built a hotel said, yes, I started with some plans and finally believed it was possible. And here it is. Say, well, if it's possible for one, it's possible for another. In fact, sometimes when we hear the testimonial, here's how they finished. If I can do it, you can do it. See, that that's a classic testimonial that gives us now what we call faith. And one of the ancient wise writers said, faith is generated by what we hear. Faith is generated by what we hear. The vocabulary of what we hear, the vocabulary of what we read, that generates faith to believe that it's possible. Now, faith is not reality. You can't say faith is nothing because it affects. It's like radiation. To us, it's nothing because it can't be seen. But radiation is so powerful, it can kill you. Right? You can't see it, but it has an incredible effect. And that's true of faith. Faith can't be seen, right, with the natural eye. can't be seen, but it has an incredible effect on your attitude, on your behavior, on your disciplines, on your work for the day, and all the rest. So faith is tangible in that sense, that it affects the emotions, it affects the drive. But we still don't have a hotel. Even though the imagination is very powerful and even though faith is very real, we still don't have a hotel because faith is not a hotel. Now it's almost, it is so close. Here's what one writer described faith. Faith is a substance, a substance of hope. Now it's not a substance like a brick being a piece of the hotel, but it's almost, it's so close, it's substance. And it, the writer also said, it's so close, it's evidence. Now, not evidence you can see, but tangible evidence that's just as real as all of our human experiences that can't be touched, can't be seen. It's called the unseen magic. Language is the unseen magic. It can't be seen. The words can't be seen as they're transmitted from the speaker to the one who listens, but it can have a profound effect. That means it's more than nothing. But to create something out of nothing, we start with imagination. Then we move to faith, which believes it's possible, which is almost real. I built my first home in, for my family in Idaho many, many years ago. And before I started this home to construct it, I used to take my friends out to the vacant property. 
and I would take them on a tour through this house. Do you believe that? Isn't that true though? Faith and imagination is almost, it's called evidence and substance. Now it's still not tangible, but it's not far from tangible. But now here's what we do with faith and imagination. We deposit it in disciplines and activity because faith without the activity serves no useful purpose. Imagination without the activity to translate it into reality serves no purpose. No more. No more. No more excuses. No more, I'll start tomorrow. No more, just this one time. No more accepting the shortfalls of my own will. And some of you aren't doing shit. Your 10% is just getting off the couch. The more you walk away from accountability, the weaker you become. Find yourself in the grip of life. You can't find yourself by doing nothing. No more taking the easy road. No more bowing down to whatever unhealthy or unproductive thoughts that float through my mind. No. Every day is a Monday. And you might not like that. To me, every day is a beginning. A new day, a new week, a new shot at life. An opportunity to come out of the gate like a man possessed and attack the day without mercy. Today, I'm taking scouts. I'm putting the pressure on. I am the aggressor. I am on the attack. And whenever you find things that you're comfortable doing, you're going away from the journey of life. Be strong. Be powerful. Get aggressive. Instead of letting your goals and your tasks and your health and your discipline waver, instead of letting all those things slide, instead rise up and aggressively move forward down the path. People have no idea. People go, man, why have you run towards in five miles? It's not about that. It's not about being me. Yeah. You have to challenge yourself physically. That's right. Every single day of your life. And that's where the growth comes yeah, from. The I growth really comes do. from there. A hundred percent. Yeah, like the physical pain does something for us. It does something for everyone. Yeah. For everyone. It mm -hmm. takes the growth in your mental aspect, in your spiritual, everything grows. Because you start feeling better about yourself. Mm -hmm. And not many things on the planet mm -hmm. make you feel good about yourself like getting after it doing something that challenges you mentally and physically every day. People don't get though, the physical is what starts everything. Discipline starts with waking up early. It really does. But that is just the beginning. You absolutely have to apply it to things beyond waking up early. It is working out every day, making yourself stronger and faster and more flexible and healthier. It is eating the right foods to fuel your system correctly. It is disciplining your emotions so you can make good decisions. It is about having the discipline to control your ego so it doesn't get out of hand and control you. It is about treating 
people the way you would want to be treated. It is about doing the tasks you don't want to do, but you know will help you. Discipline is about facing your fears so you can conquer them. Discipline means taking the hard road, the uphill road, to do what is right for you and for others. So often, the easy path calls us to be weak for that moment, to break down another time, to give in to desire and short-term gratification. Discipline will not allow that. Discipline calls for strength and fortitude and will. It won't accept weakness. It won't tolerate a breakdown in will. Discipline can seem like your worst enemy, but in reality, it is your best friend. It will take care of you like nothing else can. And it will put you on the path to strength and health and intelligence and happiness. And I'm just a dude that believes you reap what you sow. So if you're grinding on Monday, grinding on Tuesday, grinding on Wednesday, if you're grinding six, seven days a week, for, for a span of five or six years, something's got to come out of that. Sure. But if you're only grinding, you know, on Monday you fired up, Wednesday you back to sleeping <laughs> in, Thursday you got the funk of the world is on. Like I've heard people say, Hump day. Hump day. What is hump? <laughs> Every day is hump day. Like what's, Wednesday is hump day. Like Monday hump day. Tuesday is hump day. Like every day is hump day. <laughs> and I think if we would spend more time on what's my goal, you know, and meaning what do I need to accomplish in this day to live this lifestyle and you go after it, then I think I think more mm. people will be successful. Do the extra repetition. Run the extra mile. Go the extra round. Make the right choices. Give the full measure. Make yourself stronger mentally and physically. Stand and fight. Fight against weakness, against fear, against time, and against decay. Fight back, go down swinging. Give every day everything you've got. And when you face a challenge, even something you don't believe you can win or a situation where you know you cannot win, remember this, you have nothing to lose. So, stand up. Go forward, go out in a blaze of glory, fighting with everything you've got, every ounce of energy, every bead of sweat, every drop of blood until your last breath. And then, and only then, can you stand down. Put down your sword and your shield and rest. You're depressed because you're not doing shit with yourself. You don't find inspiration by not living in the grip of life. You need to live in the grip of life to find inspiration. Put challenges in front of yourself. When you put a challenge in front of yourself and you attack it, that's when you find inspiration. Try to be 10% better than you were last week. So if you're running 30 miles a week, run 33. If you're swimming 500 meters, swim 550. Two voices in our mind, and boy, I know they're fucking true. I've heard them, I hear them now. <laughs> and they're real. It's that one voice, that voice I used to love to fucking hear, that we love to hear. It's that soft motherfucker. That soft motherfucking voice that says, sleep the fuck in. It's okay. It's that calming voice. You want to be hugged and nurtured and all that shit. 
I said, it's gonna be okay. Well, fool, another motherfucking boy that wakes you up in the middle of the night. It's not your girlfriend. It's not your boyfriend. It's that demon fucking voice that whispers in your fucking ear and says, get up, motherfucker. You're not fucking good enough. You gotta work fucking harder. You haven't put enough time in. It's that voice you wanna run away from. It's that voice you don't wanna fucking hear. But guess what? It's that voice you need to fucking listen to. There are people who graduated magna cum laude, I didn't. There are people who were born into wealth. There are people who were born into a certain network. I wasn't. But here's the trick. Even though I don't have what they have, I can outwork you. So if I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning and as sweet as you are, networks, parents, wealth, opportunities, and you're getting up at eight, I've got a five hour jump start on you. Like, I don't care who you are. If, 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 if we're traveling to the same city and I take off five hours before you, nine out of 10, I'm gonna get there before you get there. I don't like procrastination, but if you feel like you need a break, that is the one thing you should procrastinate. Taking a break is the one thing I put off until tomorrow. And if, when tomorrow comes, you still feel like you need a rest or you need to take a break, then go ahead, take it. But chances are, you won't. You won't need that rest. Chances are, you will realize that the desire to rest was just weakness. It was the desire to take the path of least resistance, the downhill path, the downward path. And by going through the motions, you overcame that weakness. You stayed on the righteous path, the disciplined path. You stayed on the war path. Right where you know you belong. I have to hold the line. There are areas within myself where I cannot compromise. I am going to work hard. I am going to train hard. I am going to improve myself. I am not going to rest on my laurels. I am going to own my mistakes and confront them. I am going to face my demons. I'm not going to give up or give out or give in, I am going to stand. I am going to maintain my self-discipline. So I'm telling you in life, you start running from a class, you start running from a subject that you don't like, it will haunt you for the rest of your natural life. It ain't going nowhere. But if you go after the fight, if you approach the challenge, you have a much ch better chance of winning. You have to look at suffering as almost like I look at failure. To succeed, you must fail. In failure and in suffering, all the answers are in there. All the answers to all the test questions, the test is your life. All the answers are in there. You have to live in suffering and pain and failure all the time. You have to learn, I need to visit it. 
Like people hate working out. You're only gonna visit working out maybe an hour a day. 23 other hours of the day, you're not in it. But how you become in shape is you must visit suffering, visit working out one hour a day. Visit suffering one hour a day. Visit your past failures one hour a day. The relationship with it is the answers are in there. If you're gonna be the highest level that you could possibly be in life, you gotta, you gotta be 100% focused on taking responsibility and not passing blame on to other things, taking charge and decide how you're going to get the job done and don't stop until you find a way to make it happen. Number two, we gotta lose the excuses. Success and excuses don't go together. You have to have no problem admitting when you messed up or you dropped the ball. Great people own that, own that stuff. Don't make any excuses at all. Excuses ain't gonna get the job done. Number three, no shortcuts. People are always looking for what's the shortcut. I'm all about being efficient, but there are just certain things in life, in the process of greatness, you ain't gonna be able to take no shortcuts on. No secrets, there's no tricks, there's no shortcuts to getting to where you wanna be. So I want you to think about where are you at right now? Where do you want to be? And what are you willing to do in order to get there? Draw a plan out how you're gonna do it and then act on it. Number four, do the work. There's no off season because there ain't no off season if you wanna be the GOAT, if you wanna be great, if you wanna play at the highest level. You gotta show up, work hard, listen, be coachable, and go to the next level. And the fifth one, push yourself every day. Sounds good, but listen to every day. Push yourself every day, every single day, challenge and push yourself. You have to do something every day that you don't wanna do, something you don't feel like doing. Get uncomfortable, push past fear, laziness, and all these other plagues that people start to get that weigh them down. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. And of course, hashtag do the work. Own it. Start doing these things and you're gonna take your life to a very, very, very high level, which is the next level, which is relentless, which is required in order to be the best that you could possibly be. So basically, I can't account for everything, but I do know there could be some things that come up in life that you need to be ready for. I know for a fact I'm not going to want to work out tomorrow. Therefore, I'm preparing my mind for that. Mm. I don't want to do that. I know tomorrow will come with some difficult decisions to make. It may come with getting a phone call saying someone died. This happened. That happened. I'm always preparing myself, not in a morbid way, but just like, look, man, be ready for life. Be ready for life. Mm. Don't let life just start attacking you left and right. Make sure that you start to build a mental armor. So then you're ready for life. And that comes with a very physical way and the physical helps out to mental. Mm. It helped, but honestly, it was, um, I, I realized at a young age how to change myself was through discipline. And the military didn't teach me that. It was something I realized I had zero discipline, zero self-discipline. And I realized I have to start developing this. And I started really because I was horrible at reading and I was horrible at writing. I have so many learning disabilities, it's not even funny. So I just sit down at the table and spend so much time in this reading and writing and learning. And that kind of translated over to 
my self-discipline with uh, working out. Most people don't know where their fastball is. Most people go through life never discovering what their talents are. Most people never develop their talents. They have skills and abilities, but if you don't nurture them, if you don't develop them, they will never serve you. Your gifts can take you many places if you develop your gifts. Most of us don't like to do those things that come easy to us. I've always loved to talk to people. I decided taking this advice to develop my skills as a speaker and my gift has developed and it developed and has taken me many places. You have something that you brought to the universe and that if you decide that my life deserves my developing this what I do well and becoming the best at it and mastering myself and seeing what I have within me if you decide to drop your buckets where you are and develop your gifts I grant you you'll never ever be without I grant you that your gifts will take you places that will literally amaze you. I grant you that if you begin to work to develop your gifts, you'll develop a strong sense of happiness. You'll get a larger vision of yourself because part of beginning to get a larger vision of yourself, all of us need some area of our lives where we can have a feeling of competence. That people know when they think about this area, that's something you do. That you eat and sleep that. And that you do that. You do that. And people know it. And you know it. And you know that you know that you know this. If you don't know anything else, you know this. The things I don't enjoy that I still do, that's where growth is at. Mm. And that's, for me, the only place growth is at mm. is in that very uncomfortable, you know, in that uncomfortable zone. Yeah. So... I have to visit every single day. I told you to talk less and grind more. Are you hearing me? Talk less and grind more. And we're going to stay on the same thing because I'm telling you, going to the next level is about the W, the O, the R, and the K, baby. It's about work. So this week, what I want you to do for me is I want you to work on your work. You heard what I said. I want you to work on your work. Here's the problem, all right? Some of you want an increase in pay. Some of you want a promotion. Some of you want to leave a legacy. So I got one word for you. If you want to do that, listen to me very closely. Upgrade. <laughs> you heard what I said. Look, it's simple, bro. If you want to increase the zeros on your paycheck, if you want to get paid more, if you want to get paid more often, if you want to be able to do more, look, you want your character to grow. You want to be able to have opportunities and responsibilities at your job or just in life that you never had before. I'm telling you. The W, the O, the R, the K. I need you to upgrade your work. And so I'm telling you, work on your work. Listen to me, work on your work. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, I'm gonna be real with you. Some of y'all want a promotion, right? Listen to me, you want a promotion, but listen to me close. I'm gonna tell you what you gotta do. So if you give me increased performance, hear me, increased performance, it's going to increase your pay. Increased performance is going to increase your response. Nobody's going to give you more responsibility if you can't handle the responsibility that you have. I retire every day. Yeah. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> and I sit around and I say, okay. And then this is my thought process. So you want to be normal. So you just want to be like everybody else that roams the world, not knowing the power that's in them. Being fine with being mediocre. You want to go back to who you were, huh, David? I and have, you have that conversation with yourself every day? Not every day, it's those bad days. Yeah. 
so bad this guy see a whole bunch of people walking around out here we have no idea how talented they truly are now i'm talking about talent like some god-given ability talent that sometimes you have to hone you have to work on and you have to harness yourself and they just walk around just on their phones just clueless to how powerful they are In day-to-day life, you can lose track of the long-term goal. It fades from your vision. It slips from your mind. Wrong. I want that long-term goal to be so embedded in my mind that I never lose sight of it. Ever. And the little tasks and projects and short-term goals that you tackle need to lead towards strategic victory, winning the long war. But we want results now. We want the shortcut to the winner's podium. We need instant gratification. And when we don't get the short-term glory, sometimes we lose sight of those long-term goals. They fade. We lose focus. So we stop the daily tasks and the daily disciplines that will allow us to achieve our goals. Then a day slips by, and then another day. Then a day turns into a week, and a week into a year, and you look up in six weeks, or six months, or six years, and you've made no progress, none. You never moved. In fact, you might be even further from your goal than you were when you started. You might have gone backward. Why? Why did you let that happen? because you lost sight of it. You lost sight of the long-term goal and it faded. It faded from memory and the passion dried up and you began to rationalize. Maybe I can't. Maybe I don't really want to. Maybe this goal isn't for me. And so you give up. You let it go. Then you settle. You settle for the status quo. You settle for the easy road. You settle for a well. I want you to embrace the fact that success is never on discount. All right, E.T., what do you mean by that? Look, no shortcuts. Look, look, you can't go to the left. You can't go to the right. You got to go straight through it, baby, when you talk about success. Your success has to be handcrafted. Your success, you got to go all in. Your success, you got to give 120%. Look, you can have it. You can't have it, but you have to understand, if you're going to be great, you got to pay a price. Sweat, blood, tears. That's right. Sweat, blood, tears. Your mama can't pay for it for you. Your daddy can't give it to you. If you're going to be successful, you have to understand that there are no discounts to success. Only grind, only hard work, only perseverance, only sweat, blood, and tears. Hey, it's your boy E.T. saying, listen to me very closely. You have to understand that it is never on discount. You know, Instagramming back and forth, whatever the fuck you call it shit nowadays, tweeting and texting and shit. 
We waste so much time on our little gadgets. It's unreal. And we talk about we have no time. If you really take, you have to take your day and write, write down this one day. Everything you do, write that down. And you're like, my God, I am wasting so much time on frivolous bullshit. It's not even funny. I mean, it will, it will, if it doesn't infuriate you, it should. Because there's so much time. I can't get it in. Look at your schedule. You just wasted seven hours a day on bullshit. I mean, and you don't have an hour a day to try to get something in for yourself. I guarantee everybody can find an hour. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fucking miserable. It, it is miserable. I mean, to get up every day or five days a week, whatever, when it's snowing, shiny, not, not shiny, not, not, not comfortable, and to go in the gym and work out when you don't want to go to the gym, it is not fun. If you don't see results in the first two days or the first week, I'm done. That's the mentality of most people. The struggle is too real. We're not patient. We like in a world where you can Google the best restaurants around me right now. No one is patient. And for you to lose weight, for you to stop drinking, if you whatever the hell you're going through, it takes a lot of patience, a lot of time, and a lot of pitfalls, a lot of plateaus. You can hit so many fucking plateaus. If you don't know how to get around that plateau, it's not going to happen fast. Everybody wants to hack. There, there is no hack, man. I know the excuses. So do you. Of course you do. Listen as you rattle them off one after the other. I'm too tired. I don't have time. I need a rest. I'll do it later. I'll work extra hard tomorrow. I worked hard yesterday. I have too much going on. I'm stressed. I'm getting sick. Blah, 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 blah. Excuses. No. Don't do that. Embed that long-term goal in your mind. Burn it into your soul. Think about it. Write about it. Talk about it. Hang it up on your wall. But most important, do something about it. Every day. Every day, do something that moves you toward that goal. That keeps that goal alive and in sight and in focus. However small or insignificant that step might seem, take it. Do it. Make it happen. Because that goal isn't going to achieve itself. It is all on you. The truth is, most of the time, we are focused. We're just not focused on the right things. Kids growing up, focused on girls, focused on boys. In business, you grow older, you focus on social media, focus on golfing, focus on this, focus on television. That means if your focus is not completely zoned in and it's broader, it's bigger, you're focused on dumb stuff or stuff that you should, it's gonna take you a quote, long time, sometimes a lifetime or never to get to where you wanna be because there is no laser beam like focus. Why does it say it takes a long time? Because when you're focused on stuff that doesn't matter, and you're not zoned in, you're gonna drop the ball on zoning in. And the more you move that, the less heat that you get in that area. Time flies, folks. Why can't we just zone, zone in right now? Focus up right now. What's your vision? Think about it before you go to bed, get obsessed. Think about it when you wake up, get obsessed. Is it you getting closer to your goal? Is it gonna help you? If the, when you look at what am I focusing on? What should I not be focused on? If the things that you're zoning in on are not going to get you any closer to your goal, chances are we don't need it. Focus is a lot like being obsessed with your craft, whatever it is, the books you read, the people you hang with, the mentors that you keep, 
just straight up and down, zoned in. What's your motive? Why do you do what you do? Are you doing what you're doing to help people, to benefit people? You say, ET, you ain't trying to get paid. Listen to me very closely. Look, when you good at what you do and you looking out for people, are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, listen to me. I've cracked codes. I've been able to get into places other people don't get into. Why? Because people understand. They understand that ET, we know why he do what he's doing. What's driving your action? That Hear what I'm saying? Even in your action, while your action is good, you've got to ask what drives it, what guides it, what moves it, what's the spirit behind it, what's the reason behind it, what's the purpose behind it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's just as critical as the action itself. So the reason why you can't get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, the reason why when I say get up at 6, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, is because you don't have that thing that's driving you, that's pushing you to say no to the alarm clock and wake up no to the snooze button. When, when you get that extra assignment, that extra lap. You're about to grow a ton, man, because to the average eye, focus is a negative obsession. People don't think that you're crazy. People that have already had a lot of success, when you tell them some of the things that you do to zone in and focus in, they don't think that you're crazy that much because that's the type of focus, laser beam focus, that it's going to take to take yourself to the next level this weekend and beyond. We can use our energy and we can use our focus one of two ways. We can use it to complain about what's wrong or we can use it to create the life that we want, the choice is always gonna be ours. You have, to, you have to set up your vision, like Geppetto when he's looking at the star before Pinocchio's transformation takes place. You have to set up your long-term vision. You have some vision of the good towards which you're working, and some vision, perhaps, of the hell that you're avoiding. And then I would say, once you set up that vision so that you know how to orient yourself, then you should start designing your days. And you can do that very effectively with a calendar like Google Calendar. Today, no. Fit it in. Make it happen. Through force of will, make it happen. Don't be weak. never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing if you're waiting for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing it's not going to happen you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation so that a lot of people become comfortable they stop growing, they stop wanting anything, they, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like, jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know, that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge.
Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talk yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, we will find inventions that we never, ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. Question is, what are you gonna do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, Workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your prize, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's gonna talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for, to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for.
If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams. Yes to your unfolding future. Yes to your potential. As opposed to saying no. When you die, die on E. Leave no dream left behind, guys. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me, you're gonna be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you gotta wanna succeed as bad as you wanna breathe. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Pain is temporary. It may last for a minute, or an hour, or a day, or even a year. But eventually, it will subside, and something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. The margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves, they want to tell you you can't. something, go get it. Period. Don't be afraid to fail. You can't always win, but don't be afraid of making decisions. You have to believe that something different can happen. He who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. That most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Deep down, dig deep down, ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Figuring out for yourselves what makes you happy, no matter how crazy it may sound to the people. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. Why not? Why can't I be the MVP of the league? Why can't I be the best player in the league? see why 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 can't I do that
said to the kid, it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit. And keep moving forward, how much you can take, and keep moving forward. Get up. Get up. And don't ever give up. We can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. To be able at any moment to sacrifice what you are for what you will become. Most of you won't be successful because when you're studying and you get tired, you quit. I don't do well in math. You're right. You ain't never studied. I'm not good in writing because you have never written before. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. If you are not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. Don't cry to give up. Cry to keep going. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain. You already hurt. Get a reward from it. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not point the finger saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Because every day is a new day. Every moment is a new moment. So now you got to go out and show them that I'm a different creature. Now! I'm gonna show you how great I am. The 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power, the power to create machines, the power to create happiness, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Now, what are you going to do? Limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. Motivation is its kind of a strange word because it doesn't really mean what we think it means. We think it means that we're fired up to do something. We think that it means we're eager and passionate to make something happen. And we think that somehow we should just be able to turn on that eagerness and turn on that passion. But we can't. Because you just can't turn on passion. You can't just turn on the desire to execute a task. So to motivate someone is to explain to them why they're doing what they're doing, how it will help them, where it'll take them, why they should continue to work and to struggle and to fight, why you are doing what you are doing. Remind yourself that this 
struggle, this temporary pain, this fight, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger and faster and smarter and better. And then, with that motivation, go forward into the fray, into the storm, into the heat of the battle where victory is forged. What do you do on the days when you're just not feeling it? Those days. Those days when I'm tired or worn out or just basically sick of the grind. What do I do on those days? I go anyways. I get it done even if I'm just going through the motions. I go through the motions. I don't really want to work out. I work out. I I really don't want to hammer on a project. I hammer on the project. Don't really want to get up and get out of bed. Yeah, I get up and get out of bed. Now, these could be signals that you need some time off. And those signals might be right. They could be correct. But don't take today off. Not today. Wait until tomorrow. Don't don't give in to the immediate gratification that is whispering in your ear. Shut that down. Do not listen to that little voice. Instead, go through the motions. Lift the weights. Sprint the hill. Work on the project. Get out of bed. You need to get things done. If you are going to rest, that is one thing that you should procrastinate on. That's the one thing I want you to put off until tomorrow. And if, when tomorrow comes, you still feel like you need to rest or you need to take a break, okay. Take it. But the chances are, Chances are you will realize that the desire to rest was just weakness. It was just the desire to take the path of least resistance, the downhill path, the easy path. Social media is a great platform to tell you who we want to be, not who we are. I'm back, motherfucker! I'm back! All of this fucking song turned to firm and shit! Got me back! Look at yourself, man. Look at yourself. What am I gonna do today to change what I see in this mirror? Fuck people! One thing you have to learn early in life, I didn't learn this till later on. I don't give a motherfuck 
You can't care what anybody thinks about you. If I care what people thought about me, you think I'd be yelling out here, doing a 105 pound ruck, talking shit? This is who I am. Find out who you are, whoever that may be. I don't give a fuck what you are. Find out who you are and own that motherfucker and tell people to go fuck themselves. Don't ever worry about anybody and what the fuck they think about you. You do that, I guarantee you, your life will be in shambles. You will become the biggest bitch of all time. When Goggins lived with me, his rule is we had to do something every day that sucked. <laughs> that yeah. was his rule. He's the master at that. <laughs> yeah, tell me yeah. about it. And What uh, did he make you do? Uh, every day sucked. <laughs> he didn't tell me that we're going to do that five times a day. It's strictly about you finding who you are. So many people die, live a hundred years, never fucking know who they are. Never know who they are. You have to look in that mirror and know this. there's so much more in here, man. Because I can literally right now be a 300-pound guy spraying for cockroaches. Still to this day, if I did not look in that mirror and say, there, there has to be more to this. Not getting civilized is about having a savage mentality. The most important step we're ever taking in life is our next one. A lot of us get our feet stuck in concrete. We get our feet stuck in concrete because we're afraid to make enemies. We're afraid to speak what's on our mind. We're afraid of being in that group of people. And when you walk away, we're afraid of what they might say behind your back. All that fear clouds your brain, clouds your thinking. One thing in life, you're going to always have haters. Embrace them. If you can walk on fucking water, trust me, your haters will say you can walk on water because you can't fucking swim. Learn one thing. Shut the fucking noise out. Embrace the fact that people don't like you. It means you're doing something right. Stay hard. Stay in the fight. We surround ourselves around people that make us feel great. They tell us what we want to hear. The second we put ourselves amongst the uncommon people, we don't like that feeling, that challenging feeling that, of, of that person who's waking up at 3.30 in the morning and saying, hey, put your shit on, we're going for a run. We don't like that challenge. We like that person who says, hey, you know what, man, I don't feel good today, man. And they say, oh, it's okay, brother. We'll take a day off, man. We'll get a pizza and shit, watch the game. We like that. We, we love that feeling. Why? Because you understand, man, we're good, bro. We don't want that motherfuckers like this. Hey, man, no, bro. Get your fucking shit on, man. Stop being a punk. We don't want that in our lives. We don't want that person who's constantly challenging our weaknesses. We want that person who's constantly, you know, making us feel nice and good and secure in ours. That's the mediocrity of life. We want to be the best amongst the average people. What statement are you making? The psychology of savagery. I wasn't the best runner, but what I did was I found the work schedules out of my competition and I made sure they saw me running day and night. I tried to get in their fucking heads. I got a video the other day of this UFC fighter, Ferguson. This motherfucker weighs in and the UFC is fucking canceled. He wasn't just weighing in. He was getting the fucking head of his components. What he did was this. He wanted you to remember his fucking hands and elbows slice you the fuck up. 
Remember this! Stay hard at all times! Savagery! Every day you have to do this shit. Because why? When you stop doing it, you don't just maintain it. If you stop shooting a gun, you're not going to be a great shot if you pick a gun up a year from now. The only way to keep from getting rusty is to constantly over that motherfucking machine. The machine is this. You got to keep challenging it every day. You have to face that in that dark room. In that dark room is who you are. But in that dark room is where you have to create another human being that walks out of that dark room to face who you are. That's the only way you're going to get over all those things. You have to create someone else. Not like you have two different personalities. It is you. But you have to find strength. And that visualization of almost me cracking out Goggins, like almost like that Superman cape, like, like, like I'm coming out a different person, a person that doesn't give a fuck about anything, who doesn't care about being judged, who knows I'm weak, who knows I'm afraid, who says, whatever you think about me, take it, whatever, I'm here. That's Goggins. One of my direct subordinates, one of my guys that worked for me, he would, he would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on. And he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing. And I'd look at him and I'd say, good. And finally one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem. And he said, I already know what you're gonna say. And I said, well, what am I gonna say? He said, you're gonna say good. He said, that's what you always say. When something is wrong and going bad, you always just look at me and say, good. And I said, well, yeah, when things are going bad, there's going to be some good that's going to come from it. Didn't get the new high speed gear we wanted. Good. Didn't get promoted. Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled. Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get funded. Didn't get the job you wanted. Got injured. Sprained my ankle. Got tapped out? Good. Got beat? Good. You learned. Unexpected problems? Good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out, don't get startled, don't get frustrated. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, well then hell, you still got some fight left in you. So get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage go out on the attack. So, you hit the snooze button. You hit the snooze button. You caved. You decided today wasn't going to be the day. You decided today to roll over and hide under those covers. 
and you decided that you are going to embrace that weakness. Is that really what you want to do? Is that really who you want to be? Someone that folds and crumbles at the first little sign of hardship? Because that's where you are right now. You are failing at the one challenge you have complete control over. You know, every day people face real hardships. They face real enemies. They face real challenges. And all you have to do is get up and get out of bed right now. To me, every day is a beginning. A new day, a new week, a new shot at life. When that alarm clock goes off at 4 or 5 in the morning, your mind says no. You just say, this is what we do. It's what we do now. Because to get to where you want to go, the amount of pain involved, I'm not saying physical, I'm not saying you got to break yourself off, the amount of mental pain of how many times you're going to have to do something that you don't want to do to get to where you want to go. It's going to be, it, it, there's going to be more times you do something that, that you don't want to do than you are going to want to do. Have a routine, it's discipline, it's predictable, and bloody well stick to it. You're going to be way healthier and happier and saner if you do that. And so in virtually every freedom that you have in life that's true freedom is purchased at the price of discipline. You have the freedom to get up and take advantage of this day. As long as you exercise the discipline to get up and go. Push harder. Make yourself get out of the comfort zone and get into the combat zone where you have to fight, where you have to dig deep, where strength and power and fortitude are found. I believe in taking days off. I think days off are real important for recovery and all that stuff. But I don't believe in taking days off because your mentality is just feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, I deserve this or I've earned that mentality. And that's what I was saying to myself. Today's self-talk was horrible. So we have, I mean, you know, we all have one voice. And that one voice is very powerful that says, hey, you've earned this, you deserve this, take time off, all that stuff. Start developing the other voice, the other voice that fights that voice. When it's not a designated day off, I don't care if it's running, swimming, biking, studying. If it's not a day off, don't take a day off and start developing that voice that fights the weaker voice. Stand up right now and live this day to its absolute fullest. It ain't nothing you can't have. You deserve it. It ain't nothing you can't have if you're willing to work for it. It ain't nothing you can't have if you're willing to persevere, if you're willing to stick in there, if you're willing to stay, if you're willing to fight. It ain't nothing you can't have. It is never finished. You always have more to do. Another mission, another task, another goal. And the enemy is always watching, waiting, looking for that moment of weakness, looking for you to exhale, set down your weapon, close your eyes, even just for a moment. And that's when they attack. So don't be finished. Be starting. Be alert. Be ready. Be attacking. Be relentless. 
Let the enemy stop. Let the enemy rest. Let the enemy finish. You don't finish. Don't stop. Don't rest. Not until the enemy is completely destroyed. And even then, turn your focus inward on yourself and take the opportunity not to rest, but to make yourself better, faster, stronger, smarter. Because with those goals, nothing is ever finished. It's yours. You can have it. It's yours. You can do it. It's yours. You can be it. It's yours. If ET can do it, listen to me, anybody can do it. High school dropout, homeless, lived in abandoned buildings, 12 years to get a four-year degree. If you want it, if you want it as bad as you want to breathe, if you really, really want it like you say you want it, you can have it. If you're going to be successful in life, you got to understand that there is a sense of urgency that there are only eight, listen to me, 86,400 400 seconds in a day. And you got to not only operate in them, you got to do it quick. You got to do it fast. You got to do it in a hurry. Why? Because there's somebody else who's on the same track you on. Somebody else who, listen to me, they're on the same path that you on. Listen to me. It's somebody else just like you trying to do it. And sometimes they're working just as hard as you're working. They're putting in just as much sweat, just as much tears, just as much blood. But you just got to do it what? You got to do it faster than they do it. You got to do it quicker than they do it. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? That's why I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning because if you're getting up at 6, you might be smarter than me. You hear me? You might. You might have more privilege than me. You might. You might have more resources than me. You might. But I'm going to get up earlier than you and I'm going to do it quicker than you do it. I'm going to do it faster than you do it. So by the time you get up with all your resources, by the time you get up with all your privilege, by the time you get up with all your stuff, I've already finished the race. Are you hearing me? It's not just about finishing. Sometimes it's about finishing fast. So I need you to understand if you're going to be successful, there's a sense of urgency and you don't have as much time as you think you have. And if you watch these boys do it, every play, <laughs> every play is the drill. Every play is a two-minute drill. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And so you got to pick up the pace. You got to tell my son, pick up the pace. You walking too slow. Pick up the pace. You moving too slow. Pick up the pace. If you want to finish, sometimes you can't just finish. You got to finish fast. Whether you like it or not, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, a lot of us are at war with ourselves. And within that war, we have several battles. Those battles are basically choices. No, I'm not talking about a war that you might find in the Coliseum. I'm talking about a war that's in your brain. That war exists because life has so many choices. But in those choices, you gotta make right decisions. Why don't you hit this news button? Because you wake up already failing. You're already behind the power curve. So what happens when you hit this news button? You may not make your bed. You may not do your hair the way you want it. You may not pick the right clothes out in one time. No. Now is the time for strength. Through strength and through will and through unwavering discipline. This ain't for the weak and the uncommitted. Are you hearing me? Success is not for the weak and the uncommitted. This is physical. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to be painful. Sometimes, listen to me, sometimes you're not going to be able to walk. Are you hearing me? Sometimes when I'm running on that treadmill, I don't feel as good as I normally feel. My leg hurts. Sometimes, sometimes I'm sick. But this is, this is a physical sport. And if you want it, you got to go get it. You got to play hard for it. It's hard. Yup, it's hard. Yup, it's difficult. Yup, why? Because the process is weeding out the weak. You initiate action. You go. 
here is the reality. That idea isn't going to execute itself. That book isn't going to write itself. Those weights out in the gym, they aren't going to move themselves. You have to do it. And you have to do it now. So stop thinking about it. Stop dreaming about it. Stop researching every aspect of it and reading all about it and debating the pros and cons of it. Start doing it. Take that first step and make it happen. Get after it. Here. And now. Go out there and start walking. Put some shoes on, start running. Go to the gym, do the elliptical trainer. It's not rocket science. All you have to do is go. Move. Take action. Get out of bed. Get your feet on the ground. Step into the gym. Put down the donut. Pick up the kettlebell. Do not hesitate. Do not wait. Go forward. This is where it begins. In the darkness, before the sun and the birds and the world every day. When the alarm sounds, it's time. Rise. Despite fatigue and soreness, curse the warmth of the bed. Curse the comfort of the pillow. Fight the temptation of weakness. Get up and go. Do it quickly, without thought. Imagine what we can accomplish if we apply even a fraction of the will that these men displayed. The iron will. Will. Will conquers all. And our will is delivered through discipline. The discipline to push yourself. And you know, we are all capable of more. I am capable of more. You are capable of more. You can overcome the obstacles and the challenges and the enemy and you can overcome your own weaknesses. Then you can overcome your own desire to quit. This ain't about you getting motivated on Monday. You pumped up on Tuesday by Wednesday, you back down. I'm not in the business of motivating. I'm trying to add value to your life so I can help you change your life. You say, E.T., why? Because I know something about you. If you are alive, I know you ain't reached your best yet, right? You got more. You could do more. You could see more. You could be more, all right? On Monday, you should be watching this fired up. Tuesday, fired up. Wednesday fired up. Now, I don't know, maybe Thursday, I don't know. Maybe Friday, life is gonna fire, punch you in your mouth. I need you to be huge pain. When you get punched in your mouth, I need you to make up in your mind, you're gonna get back up. Why? Because you got it in you. 
If y'all gonna be great on that field, you gotta have a why. You gotta have a reason for why you do what you do. The problem with some of y'all, the reason why you don't give 120% every doggone time you get on the field, cause you ain't got a why for what you do. You ain't got a why. Mental toughness is a lifestyle. It's something that you live every single day of your life. When I was growing up, I was a lazy kid. I was a lazy kid and everybody goes, how did you get to where you're at today? How did you get to where you're running 200 miles at one time in 39 hours? Being so disciplined. I started doing things coming outside of my lazy ways to become better. And through a period of time, your brain doesn't like it, but it starts to realize this is a new way of thinking. We are now doing things that we are uncomfortable doing. We are doing things that we don't want to do. So the brain starts to slowly grow. And let's say you don't like to get up early in the morning time to go run. I hated it. I still hate it. You do that. You live uncomfortable to gain growth. You have to have friction in your life to gain growth. And the only way to do that is to make yourself uncomfortable and get to the point where instead of running from the things you don't want to do, you actually face them and start to gain more and more growth in your life. Nobody owes you anything. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? Like, it's your dream. And you got to invest in your dream more than anybody else invests in your dream. You know who owes you something? You, you owe you something. Enough may not be enough, flat out. Sometimes enough is not enough. And so what do you have to do? You gotta, you gotta go to that next, like you gotta dig deep and find more. It takes energy and it takes effort. You need to put more energy into what you're doing than anybody else. Are you hearing me? You need to put more energy into it. You gotta put forth energy. Ain't nobody gonna put as much energy and nobody should put as much energy into your dreams and your goals than you're willing to put into them. So you getting up at four and it ain't working. Get up at 3.30. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. It's your dream. Don't nobody owe you nothing. I don't care what happened yesterday when you got up. If your dream ain't a reality, don't give up, don't give in. I just want you to go a little harder, yep. Go a little harder, put forth a little bit more energy, give me a little bit more effort, but don't give up and don't give in. It's time to impose your will. You hear what I'm telling you? Look, look, we way past, I gotta dream it. Like for real, we way past, put it up on the wall and write down your dreams and your goals. Listen to me, we way past talking about it. I don't want December 31st. I don't want you looking back at third quarter living, second quarter living, first quarter living. Listen, I don't want you November, talk about October, talk about September, I, I could have, what I should have. Listen to me, you, you can't afford to have one more year when you just talking. You cannot afford to be talking about it no more. Like this is it. That moment when you're waiting to do something that you don't want to do. And the first motion. So that's when you actually start doing that thing that you don't want to do. All the inter. Now this is all that time. 
all that time in that moment while you are waiting to take action is like a phantasma or a hideous dream. So that moment, that moment when you're waiting to do something, it's like an apparition, a hideous dream, a nightmare. And so the battle, the struggle, it takes place in that moment. It's not knowing what to do. That's not the battle. It's not actually doing it. That's not the battle. It's the moment in between. It's the hesitation. Hesitation is the enemy. And this is where the enemy of action, the enemy of commitment, the enemy of change, that's where the enemy lies. It lies in the waiting. And all you have to do to win is overcome that moment, the waiting, the hesitation. All you have to do is go, move, take action, get out of bed, get your feet on the ground, step into the gym, put down the donut, and pick up the kettlebell. Hesitate, do not wait, go forward, go to war, and win every single time. And staying on that path, the correct path, it takes discipline and it takes humility and it takes courage and it's hard but what is the other choice what else can we do let the darkness completely consume us live for instant gratification wherever we can find it be overtaken by temptation and vice no do not accept that you are better than that You are better and you can triumph over these dark forces. You can become better. You can be better. For yourself and for the people around you. For all of us. Hold the line. My, my life has really been about two people. Very scary, but two people. I had to invent a whole other human being to get outside of my comfort zone. And that human being became Goggins. Goggins is like 
He's like that Superman that walks out of the phone booth. And I was talking to my fiance today about, it's kind of strange how sometimes I have a conversation between David Goggins and Goggins. And Goggins would tell David Goggins about the shit he's done. And David Goggins like, what the hell, man? Why are you doing that? That's nuts. So it's, it's kind of this battle between trying to find more of yourself, knowing that the real you is afraid, likes comfort, likes living in a world that likes to pat you on the back, give you the things that you want to hear, not the things that you have to hear to get better. You're undisciplined. Man, listen to me very closely. A lot of you could be millionaires, but because you're not disciplined, some of you, you because you, you're not sexually disciplined, you've had people take stuff from you and you've been in places and relate. I just saw two young women that lost their lives that was on some dating thing and went to some man. I was just like, yo, where they do that at? Where do you just trust somebody online that you don't even know? Listen to me very closely. Your zero is going to go to the next level when you can learn to say no. I was just at a function. My man was like, E, you did a phenomenal job, bro. Uh, we doing happy hour at 3.30. I said, my plane leave at 3.50. Happy hour? I came to speak. I didn't come to build no relationship with you. I didn't come to drink with you. Drink? Bro, I don't even drink. And if I drank, I would drink at home. I wouldn't drink in front of you and get loose like that and start talking crazy. You don't need to know me like that. You need to know me as the number one motivational speaker in the world. Flawless. I'm not, but that's what you need to know me as. You don't even need to get close enough to me to know my thoughts. This is a business transaction. You're you going doing business with people drinking like y'all. What you being social for? You don't have no discipline. Drink when you get home. You just see some free wine. This is business. Boundaries. Every day I get up and run. Every single day. Because why? I hate that the most. You have to do something that sucks every day. Because why, once you overcome the suck, oh, now you're powerful. You've overcome yourself already, so now you're ready to battle. Pushing yourself physically is the number one factor of life. That is the true spot where you can really dive deep. Life's about self-discipline. It is about self-discipline. We tend to do the things that are easy. It builds no mental toughness. It builds no mental hardening. It builds nothing. When you work out, working out is where you can build that the fastest. It gives you instant feedback. Yeah, you may not lose the weight you want to real fast, but the discipline it takes, it transfers over to all aspects of your life. It's not, man, why are you always working out? Stop looking at that way. This is the foundation of life. When you look in the mirror, Every morning, we all look in the mirror to get ready to go to work, to go anywhere. The first thing you see is your reflection. If you don't like what you see in the morning, you lost the war already. It's about looking in the mirror and you may start, man, I feel different. It's a feeling you're supposed to get. In life, once you leave your house, the war begins. In your house, you have some control. And that reflection in that mirror, you have to control that reflection in the mirror. That's how you start your day. If you leave your house feeling like, okay, I can fight. I've established the mentality to fight. And that all that comes from working out. You know, you can't find that in the office. We don't, we're not proud of ourselves for the small accomplishments. What we need is we need this monstrosity of the thing to happen and say, ah, I did it. Nah. 
There's a process that you have to go through and patience is the process. And if we don't have patience, after a week, I haven't lost 30 pounds and I'm done. I'm over it. So that's what I found out with people, man. They're not patient enough to realize and to enjoy the moment, not live in it, just enjoy it. There's no finish line in life, but enjoy that moment. Roger that, man, I lost five. Let me go 10 next week. So that's the whole thing about it. That's how people lose it. How are you gonna feel, man, when you accomplish this goal coming from that shit? Coming from the fucking hell you came from. A lot of people start from a good starting point. They have a good foundation. What if you can surpass all of these motherfuckers? What if everybody who was fucking way up here started up here? And you had, you started with no legs. You had to grow fucking legs to even start walking and then crawling and then running. And then you start passing people with all this given to them. I had to use all this negative shit that was making me weak and horrible as a person. I had to use this as the power that now you had to flip it on his head and say, hold up. This might be exactly what I need. The darkness is exactly what I need. It's how you look at your situation. The purpose of pain is to point you in the right direction and to push you deeper into your path, your purpose, your mission, and in the direction that you should be going in. How can you use that adversity, misfortune, that tragedy, that sad situation, that painful circumstance, that hardship to push yourself and as motivation to grow, become better, to learn, to make course corrections, to make adjustments, to make sure it never happens again and to move forward in the right direction. You can't change the painful circumstances that find their way into your life, but you can control your response to the circumstances. You can control your response to the pain. The only thing that makes a difference is how you respond to your pain. Use your pain as the fuel that motivates you every single day to push yourself to greatness. Pain is such a powerful motivator because that horrible situation or that tragedy or that misfortune or that circumstance isn't going anywhere. You can't avoid it. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. It's just a part of your life. You're going to wake up every single day and it's going to be there. So you might as well use it as fuel for your growth as opposed to justification for giving up on your goals. That pain is a blessing. Keep in mind that on the other side of every single heartbreak and hardship and misfortune and tragedy is some kind of a blessing in disguise. On the other side of every single heartbreak is some kind of a gain, some kind of a positive or a silver lining or a blessing. It's just all about how you perceive it. You can always choose to perceive your pain as a positive. Tomorrow, I gotta do the fucking shit again, man. 
Whatever the shit is that made me fucking nauseous and sick to my stomach, it made me hurt. There's no ending. And that's the person I listen to. That's the person who's gained knowledge. You gain knowledge through suffering. And on the other end of suffering is a world that very few, very few have ever seen. It's a beautiful world because that's where you find yourself. You don't find yourself in over here. You find yourself on the other end. Like, like the 100 mile race I was on, I ran it for 24 hours. I found myself on the other end of that fucking race. That 19 hours, I found, wow, there's a whole nother fucking world out here that I've never even saw. But the world's in your mind. Listen to me. Pain is temporary. It may last for a minute or an hour or a day or even a year. But eventually, it will subside. And something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. And the problem with most of you, you never felt no pain before. Y'all spoiled. Y'all spoiled. Some of y'all spoiled. Just bottom line. Your parents have done everything for you. You never had to do nothing for yourself. You're spoiled. We're going to keep it real tonight. Some of you are spoiled brats. Every time you ever got in trouble, somebody in your house got you out of it. you have never learned to grow up and so every time something get hard you quit you call mama i dare you to take a little pain i dare you i dare you not to go home somebody said i don't go home i feel bad go, go through it you ain't gonna die at the end of pain and success you're not gonna die because you're feeling a little pain Don't worry about a little pain. My greatest asset is I was homeless, so I can't feel a whole lot of pain. I've already been alone. There's not a whole lot. There's not, not a whole lot of hurt I can feel on a little paper, on a little text. And that's why I hope people understand your life and the journey you put yourself through. There's, no, there's, there's nothing more than that. And that's all I want people to do is realize that you have to struggle. You have to struggle. The bigger the struggle, the bigger the peace. The bigger the suffering, the more peace. What you have to do is just look at yourself in the mirror. We are always, a lot of us are waiting for this magical thing to happen and fix our lives. 
like, for instance, a lot of things damaged my life. It wasn't just all me. You know, it's your dad, it's your mom, it's your childhood, it's, uh, it's being bullied. It's so many things that we all have a story. But what happens is we're always sitting in, I call it poopy pants. We're all sitting back, what was me kicking rocks down the street? Yeah. We're waiting for some magical miracle to happen for, you know, to get fixed. And that's not going to happen. You have to do that. You have to face all these things because they're not all yours to own. No matter what happens. So how do you make that? How do you make that move? Well, how you do it first is I call it the accountability mirror. Mm-hmm. When I was 16, 17 years old, I, I went to this mirror, looked at myself in the mirror, and I saw a person that I wasn't proud of. Mm-hmm. You have to call yourself out. You have to call yourself out in a way that's not kind. Mm-hmm. We live in a very kind, gentle world. We have to find the right words for situations. You have to call yourself out for what it is and change the problem. You have to be real with yourself, real and raw with yourself to fix the problem. About is basically leveling the playing field. So I had to first work on myself and that worked with the accountability mirror and stop blaming everybody for my issues and me against me. So I went to war with myself. Yeah. Uh, but you know what you gotta do is you gotta start taking the steps now. Your life seems like it's gonna last forever. And I will tell you right now, it's not gonna last forever. And those years go by like a summer's day. And the next thing you know, you look up and you're 36 years old or you're 44 years old. And that time's gone. You cannot get it back. You cannot get time back. So those dreams that you have, those goals that you have, don't put them off another second. Engage. Engage. Weakness is strong. I must be stronger. I must crush it into submission through force of will. So I savage the body. I push and pull and fight against gravity. I fight against fatigue and soreness and the weakness that says, give in. I will not give in. I will fight. Because a person that you want to, I became obsessed. I became obsessed with being the baddest motherfucker that God ever created. Am I that? I don't care. I believe it. And I was trying to tell him, once you become obsessed with something, obsessed, it's okay to be unbalanced for a while. It's okay. Don't be all this stuff. People say you got to be balanced. To be the best in the world at what you do. It's not about being a Navy SEAL, people. The best at what you do, you have to be unbalanced to find every bit of fucking energy and strength that you have to pull it off. Then you get balanced once you become great. And then you help other people become better from you being the best in the world. So if your family doesn't understand why are you so daggone crazy? Because I'm trying to be the best I can to give you the best that I am. And it takes being fucking obsessed to where people think you're crazy. People look at me and say, oh my God, you're a masochist, you're this and that. I'm not gonna get into how bad I was in all these races and still training. I had 21 stretch fractures going through Hell Week. 21 stretch fractures. You know what I did? I taped my ankles up. Roger that. I want to be a SEAL, so I did it. Become obsessed with being great. It changes everything. 
You have to be real yep. with you your be fucking raw. self. You gotta be wrong. If you're not smart, you're yep. fucking dumb, yep. but you can become smart. Yep. You can become smart. It's not a permanent tag. Yeah. You're dumb forever. Yeah. You're fat forever. Yep. No, be raw. Don't find the cushy word. So what I did with all this stuff is I realized, okay, here it is. This is what you are, David. Was you gotta sit back and be able to imagine where you wanna be, like, that's the power. If I can pull this off, what kind of story have I just created? And it's just about you against you now, and ain't nobody coming back to save you. God's up there, but God's gonna look at you smiling and saying, what the fuck are you made of? That's what's gonna happen. That's how I look at my relationship with God. What are you made of? Let, let me see now, you're gonna be fine. It's gonna hurt. You're not gonna wanna do it. You're gonna cry, you're gonna suffer. It's gonna be horrible. But it starts in that accountability mirror of, if you're fat, you cannot say anything besides that you're fat. If you're lazy, if you're a liar, if you're a cheater, if you're on drugs, if you're whatever you are, you must look in that mirror and be brutally honest with yourself and call yourself out for what you are and what you're not. And put sticky notes up on there about what needs to be changed. And every day of your life from now on moving forward, it starts with that accountability mirror about how am I gonna change my life for the better. Well, well, the next step now is you gotta now start fixing one of those problems. So for me, I had, God dog, man, I had so many damn problems, man, I still have them today. It's about facing, so let's say you're fat. Mm -hmm. What has caused you to eat too? So now you gotta investigate this. A lot of people just don't have an eating disorder. They, a lot of people eat for comfort. A lot of people eat for depression. A lot of people eat because of their childhood, whatever. You gotta now see, why the fuck am I depressed? Why am I here? So you gotta do um, the, uh, I, I call it the live autopsy in my book and figure out what my problem is. People wanna say, well, I need to work out more and stop eating so much. Yeah, that's, that's how you fix that. But if you don't fix the damn root cause of the problem, which is usually a mental problem, you are, you are off somewhere in your mind, somewhere made you insecure or not happy. Something, something in there has caused you to be this way to, and, you're, and you're compensating it by eating too much damn food. Um, you know, you lost you lost pride in yourself. You lost confidence in yourself. It's all these things. So it's, 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 it's never as easy as I need to go to the fucking gym, hit the weights and stop eating less. Hmm. That may solve it for a hmm. second, but is it a permanent fix? I'm about doing permanent fixes so then you can move on. And it starts with being self-aware with being able to detach because if you if you can't detach from yourself then you can't see yourself and so people ask how do you detach from yourself how do you learn to do that and a good drill for this is try to imagine the way other people see you and what other people are thinking of you and then you start thinking about what do your friends and family think what do they see what do they hear and so the question becomes how well do you represent yourself what shortfalls do you have now when you first start looking it's like you're looking at an overgrown lawn 
there are some big, obvious problems. So you do a broad, just kind of general cut of the grass. You fix some of the big, easy problems that are obvious. And once you've done that, once you've gotten rid of some of those big, obvious problems, you notice some more detailed problems. So then you handle them. And once you've got those handled, you see even smaller and more detailed issues. So you start trying to fix them. And that's what you do with yourself. You continually detach and then you look and then you refine and then you detach and then you look and then you refine and then you detach and you look and then you refine. That's what you do. That's how you get better. And that process doesn't stop. It can't stop because if you stop refining, then then the weeds grow back and the next thing you know, you can't see yourself anymore. And when you can't see yourself anymore, when you stop looking at yourself, then you accept you accept anything and that's wrong don't accept the faults don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt you've got to be your own harshest critic and hold the line and don't let go I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at anything. I'm not, I'm not gifted. I'm just driven. I'm a guy that came from nothing. Anybody's capable of doing shit like this. Anybody. And I sat in that tub. She put the water on me. She called my mom up. And my mom was dating a doctor at the time. The doctor, the doctor said, you need to get him to a hospital now. She came back in. All I wanted to do was call Chris Costner on the phone, the race director of Badwater, and so I can did it. So she said, I'm taking it to the doctor. I said, no, let me sit here and enjoy this pain. She said, what are you talking about? I said, you know, I go, I need to go to the doctor. I realize that. But I never thought it was humanly possible to do what I did. I went 70 miles. And at 70 miles, I was dead. I was at 100% what I thought, what I thought was 100%. I went 30, I went 31 more miles after being in the worst physical shape I've ever been in in my life and I sat in that tub and and, and the wires hit me and it was the most amazing feeling of accomplishment I did this as crazy as it sounds it was the most amazing moment of my entire life to overcome such to come from this kid who was Mentally tortured himself and was tortured just all to this kid, to this guy now, who was able to overcome such amazing odds and obstacles. And I called Chris Costner, the race director of Badwater, and he said, "The idea of a 24-hour race is to run 24 hours. You only ran 19." And he put doubt in my mind that he would let me to Badwater. Two weeks later, roughly December 5th, was this marathon that we all signed up for. I couldn't walk. I could not walk. 
I ran 100 miles before I ran a, a marathon. It's 10 days or two weeks after this 100 mile in one race I did, this marathon, December 5th in Las Vegas. That gun went off 2005, 14 days after I broke myself off and I qualified for the Boston Marathon around 308. Like the gun went off and that thing came back. Like, all right, man, what if? And then I went to the Hurt 100, racing Hawaii, 26,000 feet of climbing over 100 miles. Probably one of the top five hardest 100 mile races in the world. Out there and got through the race. Did it in 33 hours, was the ninth place finisher. And I qualified for Badwater and got in. I went on to lose weight and train hard and I got fifth my first year and went back my second year and got third. I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at anything. I'm not, I'm not gifted. I'm just driven. Out of the hundred men that go into war, 10 shouldn't be there. 80 of them are just targets. Nine do most of the fighting. One is a warrior. I saw it going through training. I saw it everywhere I went. There's so many people who just show up to life. There's something about talking to a guy like you that a lot of people hope that you're going to say some magic thing that's going to click in their brain. What you're saying is that you have to do those things. You have to suffer. You have to live in it. You have to be comfortable in it. And then maybe some of that shit will help you a little bit along the way. See me now as the guy that with his shirt off who can do 4,030 pull-ups in 17 hours, who can run 205 miles in 39 hours, who can do all this crazy shit. But what they don't understand is they don't understand the journey that it took me to get to this point. And what got me to this point was I was just the opposite of what I am today. I was that guy who ran away from absolutely everything that I got in front of me. I wanted to quit so badly, but I quit everything in my life. I copied through school. I wanted to prove people wrong. And so here I am in this Air Force program, starting to get a little more confidence, but this water was kicking my ass. And six weeks into the program, the doctor gave me a blood test. It was that sickle cell. So they put me out training for a week. And when you go from being very uncomfortable in that water situation, and then now you're comfortable and I'm sitting back watching the guys drown. I'm not, you know, I'm not part of the activities anymore for this week. I don't want to get back in that damn water again. So the fear overcame me and all my insecurities from my dad, from this small town, from everything started coming back. Me not wanting to go back in that water, the doctor called me back up. I thought I was going to get like a, like a medical kick out of the military. So no quitting for me. They'll kick me out so I can have some pride. The doctor said, no, man, we're kidding. you know, we could put you back in the training. And the sergeant said, hey, you got to start from day one because you missed, you know, that, that week of training. And I broke. I broke. I, I, I couldn't imagine going back through that again. And, and I pretty much quit. Even though they gave me a medical, it, I quit. So um, from the age of 19 to the age of 22, I went and did a job called TAC-P, where you control fast movers behind enemy lines. Cool job, but there's no water. I was afraid of the water, so I avoided it. 
And um, I gained 125 pounds in that time frame. I went from 175 to almost 300 to 297 was my heaviest. And I started finding things that was comfortable. And the more things I found comfortable, the more uncomfortable my mind was. Because that voice I was telling you about, it, it always was there. I was just trying to avoid that conscience. I, I wanted to be left alone from that conscience and it wouldn't leave me alone. So I got out of the Air Force and I started working for a job called Ecolab, where you spray for cockroaches at 24 and um, spraying at different steak and shakes, red lobster, whatever, from 11 o'clock at night to seven o'clock in the morning. And what changed, I came home and watched this Discovery Channel show, um, class 224. I came home from steak and shake. I sprayed it down last, get a big old large 42 ounce shake, walk across the street and get a box of mini donuts from 7-Eleven. And I would drive home for 45 minutes. This big old fat guy, watching these guys going through hell week class 224 and these guys ringing the bell quitting dropping their helmet down rolling out a lot of guys just leaving and it made me reflect on my fears my insecurities and i saw real men what i thought were real men who were staying who were overcoming adversity who were overcoming all these different things that i had blamed so many fucking people in my life my, my dad the, the, my, my mom for not being there Everybody was to blame. My, my learning disability, my, my skin color, you know, me, me being everything. And so um, I sat there for a while and I was like, I, I've, I've got it. No one's going to fucking come to help me. No one's going to fucking come to help me. It's, it's fucking me against me, period. And um, so I had to man up. I'm exactly what people said I was going to be. But a lot of us have these fears that you just don't want to fucking face. I have a lot of them. I had a lot of them. And that's what created the person who's in front of you today. I had two options. To either be that 300-pound guy who sprayed for cockroaches and made $1,000 a month. And at 24 years old, knowing when I'm 50 fucking years old, I can reflect on this and think about what guy I never became. Or I can totally just sack it up and fail and fail and fail until I succeed. To get into the class I had to get into, I had to lose 106 pounds in less than three months. I can't do that. I grabbed my chocolate milkshake and went back to Ecolab. I'm going back to work, man. This is my life. Next morning or this next night, I went to work and I hit the, I don't like cockroaches too much. I hit the mother load of cockroaches. And this restaurant got full of cockroaches and rodents and everything else. And I sat there and said, this is my life. This is it. I quit my job, left my canister in that restaurant, my, my spray canister, got back in my Ecolab truck, and I went home. And I started working out like somebody. I, was, I became the most obsessed person on the planet Earth. And I said, this ain't going to be it for me. We all want to read about how we can quickly get somewhere. That's why the six-minute ab is so powerful. You may get some results from it, but they're not permanent. The permanent result comes from you. I say it all the time. You have to suffer. You have to make that a tattoo on your brain so when that hard time comes again, you don't forget it. I'm trying to find more of myself. 
And the only way I can find more is to silence the world out as much as I can because it's, it's, it's getting busier every day. It's getting faster. I put my phone away and I go dark. I go dark a lot and it's because I have to find out I'm on a journey of life and we all have a different journey. I like to take this four-lane highway, the easy highway. We all love that four-lane highway. We always step over the shovel. That shovel, I made my own path. But going through this path of life, this journey over here that you make yourself, that's incredibly difficult and we're afraid. It's easier to accept the fact that I'm just not good enough. You have to go into those dark chambers that we often shut off and you got to open them up. There's not some easy lit up street life right. path with nice smooth roads. That's right. You fail and you're going to be in your head. You're going to be saying, I'm not good enough. And it's how you get through that. It's how you get through that on a daily basis when that thing is saying, man, I'm 43, I've done so much. You start to become civilized. The refrigerator gets full. You start get, making money and you start, I'm not getting cold anymore, I'm retired. At 40, people shouldn't be playing basketball or football. Or At 43, I'm still putting 100 mile weeks. Still doing thousands of pull-ups, thousands of push-ups, because I'm not allowing myself to become civilized. The worst thing that can happen to a man is become civilized. You want to be uncommon amongst uncommon people, period. You start putting yourself in situations that suck, you'll find yourself. I'm big on being with yourself. I want to be forever proud of who I was as a man and change who I used to be. The liar, the insecure guy, the guy who can, whatever. I want to be proud. When I, if I die now, if I die at 80, if I die at 90, 100, I want to look at myself and say, proud of myself. I believe in patience. I'm a patient dude. I can watch a piece of grass grow for 20 years because I know that this it, is how you get somewhere in life. By being that monk-like mentality, being able to watch something grow very calmly, patiently. I, I can't go any faster. We do that to our brain. We put a governor on our brain. The second we feel pain, discomfort, suffering, all those words that we hate to say because we're in this happy, peaceful world we live in now, we stop. We slow down. And if you can get through these different barriers and gain 5%, 2%, 3%, that 40% becomes 60 at 60% you can 70, 80, and 90, and then you're hopefully one day near 100. That, that dreamer mentality just would always fuel me. It would just fuel me, man, what if I can be, what if I can be a SEAL, man? Now I, now I run 205 miles. What, what, what if I can go, what, just what if I can go, and, and, and what if, how would that feel? You have to go into those dark chambers that we often shut off, and you gotta open them up. I was, like I said, 297. I was about 32% body fat. And I went, my idea was to run four miles for my first run. I ran a quarter mile and walked home. I walked home and sat on my couch and cried. I sat down and I gave up. You start out on the first day and then do you start running again the second day? Yeah, the second day went right back after it again. But I started realizing I can't run that far. Right. So what I did was I became 
damn near professional cyclist with the miles I put on the bike. I, I go to the gym and I developed this crazy workout where I was doing volume, like two, 300 reps. And I spent hours in the pool, hours in the pool. I had to live in the water. The bike got easier. I was able to run more. I went from like one mile. One mile was a great accomplishment. Two miles, and then from two to three was a big one. Then I went from three to six. I failed. I go back to scratch. But I started realizing this is part of the process. This is part of the journey. I'm just not good enough. I'm going to make myself good enough. When we have bad times in life, even the hardest person in the world, we forget how badass we are during that hard time. I have a thing where I take a couple seconds to reflect on, oh, hang on, man, you've been through, been through this, you've been through that, you overcame this, overcame that. I don't ever close my mind to the fact that this can be done. I've quit several things. I know what's on the back end of quitting. I wanted to be a man that detests mediocrity. I started callousing my mind at this point in my life. I lost the weight and I went back to recruiter. I got into that class. I went through three Navy SEAL Hell Weeks in one year. Only guy to ever be in three Hell Weeks in one year, to my knowledge. The first one I didn't make it through, the next two I did. And I started opening different doors that I didn't think were even there, that I didn't think even existed. And the more doors I opened up, the more I started realizing that my potential is damn near endless. I wanted to feel something besides defeat. I wanted to just go to distance. And that going to distance pushed me to a point of where now I go way past. I didn't have a motherfucker come wake me up at three o'clock in the fucking morning and say, hey, you gotta get your shit in. I had no trainer. I didn't have a nutritionist. It was the self-discipline that I had to survive, to not survive, survive, I was weak. To, 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 to thrive. No one said, hey man, you're 297 pounds, man. I wanna help you out. I had to overcome and, and it, 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 it self-disciplines everything. And if you don't have it, I, I don't look at you right because I know you're capable of more. It's not discipline so much for me. It's all on you. It's all on you. The self part is what's big. We count on people too much to get us through shit. And we look to our right, we look to our left, we're looking for help. And if you can build that self, you can build that total accountability in oneself. We live in a society where mediocrity is often rewarded. We often forget how hard we are, but you gotta reflect back. Take a couple seconds to reflect. I've, I've been through this, I've been through that. If you don't believe it, you haven't endured shit? You're just blowing smoke, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at anything. I'm not, I'm not gifted. I'm just driven. It's all about trying to share that message with people. So a lot of people can live with themselves. That's the first thing. A lot of people can live with themselves, look in the mirror and say, I'm okay with being afraid. I'm okay with going on this easy highway over here. The easy highway has all these fucking signs and shit, directions, how to get somewhere. 
And you have to first be uncomfortable with how you feel about yourself. With that voice that a lot of us like to run away from, we all have it. We all have that voice that say, hey man, you know, you're, you're kind of wimping out right now. You're kind of being a little punk right now. But a lot of us say, okay, that's okay. It's okay to tell these little white lies to ourselves. So we first have to face the real you. The real me is David Goggins. The real me is a guy looking at you right now saying, I don't want to fucking be on this show right now because I used to stutter as a kid. And I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid that here in a second, I'm going to start fucking stammering and stuttering. And the whole world is going to know that I have all these issues. But that's when I see right now, okay, Goggins, you got to go on this fucking show. That's Goggins. Goggins is saying, okay, David Goggins, you're a punk. Life made you this way. We can't live like this. We can't live in fear. We can't live in judgment. We can't be afraid of what the fuck people right now are looking at me saying about me. We cannot be afraid of that. That's Goggins. Goggins saying, fuck all of you who don't like me, who don't want to. And that person then comes in. But you have to be David Goggins and say, man, I'm afraid of this. I'm fucked up here. Life made me this way here. I stutter. I, I have these issues with, with, with uh, reading and writing and and I'm, I'm, I'm fat and I'm insecure. You have to face that in that dark room. In that dark room is who you are. But in that dark room is where you have to create another human being that walks out of that dark room to face who you are. That's the only way you're gonna get over all those things. You have to create someone else. Not like you have two different personalities, it is you. But you have to find strength. And that visualization of almost me cracking out Goggins, like almost like that Superman cape, like, like, like I'm coming out a different person, a person that doesn't give a fuck about anything, doesn't care about being judged, who knows I'm weak, who knows I'm afraid, who says, whatever you think about me, take it, whatever, I'm here. That's Goggins. In the dark room, you face yourself, you realize you want to be better, you realize you don't want to be this weak, insecure person in the world who has all these problems that we all have. We all have. Social media is a great platform to tell you who we want to be, not who we are. What I told his son was pretty much this right here. He asked me a question about, he wants to be really good at tennis. But what happens is after I play tennis for a while, I want to go play video games. You obviously don't fucking want it bad enough. Because a person that you want to, I became obsessed. I became obsessed with being the baddest motherfucker that God ever created. Am I that? I don't care. I believe it. And I was trying to tell him, once you become obsessed with something, obsessed, it's okay to be unbalanced for a while. It's okay. Don't be, all this stuff people say, you got to be balanced. To be the best in the world at what you do. It's not about being a Navy SEAL, people. The best at what you do, you have to be unbalanced to find every bit of fucking energy and strength that you have to pull it off. Then you get balanced once you become great. And then you help other people become better from you being the best in the world. So if your family doesn't understand, why are you so daggone crazy? Because I'm trying to be the best I can to give you the best that I am. And it takes being fucking obsessed to where people think you're crazy. People look at me and say, oh my God, you're a masochist, you're this and that. I'm not gonna get into how bad I was in all these races and SEAL training. I had 21 stretch fractures going through Hell Week. 21 stretch fractures, you know what I did? 
I tape my ankles up. Roger that. I want to be a SEAL. So I did it. Become obsessed with being great. I don't really like those words. Self-help or self-management or self-improvement. I don't really like what those words have come to mean these days. Because there's a, a lot of people out there that are constantly trying to improve themselves by looking for the one change. The one change, right? The one change in their life that's going to make their dreams come true. And even worse, on top of that, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of self-help gurus and these hyperactive motivational speakers and these other self-appointed modern Zen yoga warriors that they're trying to sell the one thing. They're trying to sell the nine steps or the enlightened path that's going to allow you to unlock all of your human potential and fulfill the dreams so you can live the life that you've wanted to live but I will tell you this it isn't one thing and it isn't ten things and it isn't a hundred things it isn't a quick path and there are no shortcuts meditation won't get you there and neither will a miracle drug or an organic supplement or some superfood Getting better isn't a hack or a trick or a one change that you need to make. Getting better is a campaign. It's a campaign. It's a daily, a weekly, it's an hourly fight. An incessant fight that doesn't stop against weakness and against temptation and against laziness. It's a campaign of discipline. A campaign of hard work and dedication. It's waking up early and going to bed late and grinding out every second in between. That's what you do with yourself. You continually detach and then you look and then you refine and then you detach and then you look and then you refine and then you detach and then you look and then you refine. That's what you do every single day. So, you want to get better? You want to self-improve? Stop looking for a shortcut and go find your alarm clock. Find your discipline. And find your guts and your passion and your drive and find your will. That's how you get better. And that process doesn't stop. It can't stop because if you stop refining, then, then the weeds grow back and the next thing you know, you can't see yourself anymore. And when you can't see yourself anymore, when you stop looking at you, yourself, then you accept. You accept anything. And that's wrong. accept the faults don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt you've got to be your own harshest critic and hold the line today I wanted to just really 
hit on something dealing with pain. I asked my mom one day, I said, Mom, I said, would you buy me a deck of cards? She says, Junior, I don't gamble in my house. Ain't no cards coming in my house. I said, Mom, I don't need them for gambling. I don't want them for gambling. I just need a deck of cards, Mom. My mom, for years, from the time I was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I never saw a woman take so much physical abuse than the way I've seen my mother be every freaking day of my life. But I can't help her because I'm not strong enough. I don't have the muscle to get these men off my mother. My mother's a very high yellow woman and every time they hit her, she would bleed from her eyes. She would walk around for days with sunglasses on in the house. I said, Ma, I need a deck of cards. Last altercation we got in, my stepfather hit my mama so hard in the face. My stepfather hit my mama so hard in the face, I called her. And I looked at him with this rage and this pain in my eyes. Like one day, one day. And I took this deck of cards. I couldn't live in the house, so I had to live in the garage. And after this last altercation we had with this guy, I ran to my garage and I grabbed this deck of cards. And I flipped a seven. And I started doing seven push-ups. I flipped the six, I did six. I flipped the nine, I did nine. I flipped the two, I did two. I flipped another nine, I did nine. Until I got all the way through the deck. Jack, Queen, King, work 10. Aces, 25s, and Jokers, 50. Until I got sick and tired of what pain felt like in my gut. It didn't even matter to me no more. Because I started shuffling them all over again, and that's when I started doing my sit-ups. Because I wanted to make sure sports wasn't the reason why I started training. It was to make sure man never put his hands on my mama again. And I told my mama, no pain, no pain will ever stop me from taking care of you and my brothers and sisters. That's why I started doing what I started doing. Sports was a byproduct of, of what people started to see. It was the behind the scenes that was driving me crazy. There's two sides of pain that I don't think a lot of people really understand. There's one side of pain that's the suffering and the discomfort side of pain. But then there's another side of pain that's called effort. It's called glory. It's called if you can find a way to push through pain, there's something greater on the other side of it. And if you never tap into it, it's because the first time you felt that you backed off. The first time you felt ah, that burn, the first time you felt that ah, it's too much. And we rationalize with ourselves to where we automatically stop. 
why a bunch of us give up so much in life so quickly. That's why kids have a problem finishing things in today's time. Because as soon as they feel a small bit of discomfort, of things ain't right, oh, they're gone. I can't do it no more. But suppose I told you the greatest pain of my life is the reason I'm standing here. to take a little pain. Go, go through it. You're not going to die because you're feeling a little pain. You ain't going to die. At the end of pain is success. Pain is temporary. It may last for a minute or an hour or a day or even a year. But eventually it will subside and something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. On the other side of that pain, on the other side of that pain, on the other side of that pain, is your promise. 10 years old, I picked up these deck of cards, and one day I counted them, and I found out there was 52 of them in the deck of cards, 52, and I turned my greatest pain into in my business with the greatest achievement ever is the touch of the Lombardi Trophy, 52 cards. And ironically, my number ended up being 52. There's not a person on my team in 16 years that has consistently beat me to the ball every play. That ain't got nothing to do with talent. That's just got everything to do with effort. Nothing else. 15 straight years. 12 Pro Bowls later, if you want numbers. I done saw all of it. And the only thing that's kept me around is my effort. So when you put on this, all I ever knew, because I wasn't a number one recruit, I wasn't a number one linebacker, I wasn't even in the media guy. All I ever knew was effort will get me seen on tape. Effort will get me noticed to get to the league. Effort would one day take care of my mom and my kids effort which is between you and you nobody else can give you effort effort is with inside man and I'm still grinding because the next kid is talking about he getting too old keep watching me if I am nobody ain't got to convince me of what I do I do what I do because I do what I do because I'm built from something and man didn't create it Every one of you men in here have that opportunity, man. But ask yourself the question personally. How much time you really wasting? For real. Or do you really represent this? I represent it because it's all I have. It's the only brotherhood I've ever been formed to. That's why when I see y'all perform on Saturdays, that is my piece. That's why I run to the hotels. I don't need to talk to nobody before my games. I just need to see 
what I once came from. I sat in these same chairs you guys sat in, man. I sat around the greatest athletes in the world. And then I found myself totally different because everybody was asking the question, who is this kid? I'm just sharing my story to tell y'all, every time you think somebody got it good, man, it ain't always good. Somebody just, some, some people just make up their mind and they just grind and say the heck with it, man. Because sometimes that's all you can do. How much of our brains are we really going to use? I use mine to tell somebody today, September 11th, when I step on the field against the Pittsburgh Citizens, if that's what God will is, there's no other man out there willing to give up what I'm willing to give up. I said that in 1993. When I said I wanted to be the greatest hurricane, and the only thing that I got in the middle of all of that distance is the only thing that follows work is results. There's no other blueprint. I ain't got no other secrets to tell y'all today. I ain't come here for nothing else but to tell you if you want to do something, work at it. You want a better relationship with God, work at it. You want to understand why pulling your pants up is important, why yes ma'am and no ma'am is important, why being in the meeting with complete silence when somebody walks in, because it's presence and essence that determines respect. So all we talking about, the power of respect is never to disrespect. That's why I was the first one sitting down in the meeting, um, I ain't got nothing to say, y'all do y'all, I'm good. I got to listen, something out there I need to grab from it. Sitting on the same football field at UM, 1993. And I made a quote. And that some people call controversy, I call it confidence. I said that I might be the greatest player to ever walk up out of the University of Miami. I did not say that because I thought I was better than everybody else. I said that simply because I was willing to put in the work to now be back here 18 years later and tell you the only brotherhood I still have. You've got to say yes to your life. You've got to say yes. Yes to my dreams. Yes to me. Yes. I can make it. Yes, I can. Doesn't matter how many failures I've made. Doesn't matter how many mistakes I've endured. Doesn't matter about my defeats. Doesn't matter about what I've done. It sits on my chest in a shirt form. But the eye of that real hurricane is found in my heart. Is this where it all came from? Same path y'all walk. Same calves y'all going in. Same green tree, y'all walking up and down. I had one pair of jeans in college for at least two years. At least two years. What drives you? Because I feel home. And when you're home, ain't much to say. Our work spoke for itself. That's where our swagger came from. Our swagger came from, we worked as a unit. I came to the University of Miami, there was one mind, one set, one heartbeat. It was impossible to get to us.
Because if you saw us somewhere, you saw 15 or 20 of us. Gotta stop leaving each other. Gotta stop hanging out without each other. The streets ain't chasing the same things you chasing. There's manic temptations out there. Just stay focused, man. As a team, though. As a team. That's all I knew when I was here. That's what kind of kept me focused. That I finally ran into a team. And you guys have that same thing. Because this you, this you will never die. It'll never die. So it's up to you to carry that. It's up to you to carry that. And every Sunday, every Saturday, everything is talked about. I gotta commit my very being to this thing. I gotta, I gotta breathe it, I gotta eat it, I gotta sleep it. And until you get there, you'll never be successful in life. But once you get there, I guarantee you, the world is yours. You won one yesterday? Know what you carry. When you carry this you on your chest. Know what you carry, man. You carry a legacy. A legacy of greatness. And greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. So you thought it was the end of the story. So you thought just because the student was willing to be obedient to the guru and not only wake up, but meet him at the beach early in the morning, you thought that was enough? Oh, I got it. So you thought because he was willing to walk out into the deep of the ocean that that was enough because the guru placed his head under the water, pulled it out and taught him that the secret to success is wanting it as bad as you want to breathe. So you thought that was the end of the story? You thought that one single event, that one single moment was enough for him to stand amongst the greats to make his dream become a reality. Well, you thought wrong. In fact, it's far from over. That was the easy part. Now, now it's time to redefine the grind. Well, you thought it was over. Well, it's just getting started. See, this is the part. This is the part where life demands you make a lifelong commitment. This is the part where life demands that you make a vow, come hell or high water, that you're willing to pay the price. The full fare where you earn your spot with effort, with sweat, with blood, with tears. And so you say you want it as bad as you want to breathe. Then it's showtime. It's examination time. It's time to get tested, to test your will, your endurance. It's time to test your heart, to test your limits. This is the part where you reinvent yourself. 
thought that was it, it goes deeper than going without sleep because you might miss the opportunity to succeed. No, no, no. It's about no days off, no weekends, no holidays, no birthdays. Listen to me. No days off, no half days, no holidays, no snow days. It's about gaining the competitive edge. It's about separation. It's about separating yourself from the pack, the competition. It's about being a little faster, a little stronger. Listen to me, a little faster than you were last year, last month, last week. In fact, you gotta be a little faster today than you were yesterday. And you can't afford on the road to success. You can't afford to make excuses, no excuses when you feel pain and trust me, you will feel it. You gotta go deep, deep down, beyond, beyond exhaustion, beyond worn out. And when it's harder than you imagine it would be, when it takes longer than you thought it would take, and when the load is heavier than you thought you could bear, and all you want to do is give up, and all you want to do is give in. When you feel like you've given all you got, you gotta take one more step. You gotta run one more lap. You gotta throw one more punch, and regardless of how much is left in the tank, you gotta fight back, and you gotta fight a little harder. You gotta defeat disappointment, annihilate weakness, and punish the competition. It's about pushing yourself beyond the limits. It's about perfecting the you, not just doing more, not just being better, but finding your best. Listen to me. It's more than one is as bad as you want to breathe. That's not enough. You got to be willing to face every fear, climb every mountain, defy every odd, onslaught every obstacle, one step at a time, one day at a time, until you, only you, are left standing. There's no one else or nothing in your way until you reach the top.